Hi guys, welcome to the Sam Says podcast. It's been a while uh, since the last one. I've since moved to London, so that's where I am right now, um, and had just life happening as well. So I've been really wanting to do this podcast, uh, but hope you've had a chance to listen to the other ones. If not, go ahead and do it. The last one actually I recorded was about the journey to my ultramarathon. I've since done an ultramarathon, which was awful, but also really glad I did it. Um, but that's for another time. Uh, that actually leads me on a little bit, actually, because the guest that I have today um, actually helped me a lot with my ultra training, joined me on a lot of runs. Um, colleague and friend back in Manchester who I've worked with for a while and today's topic is actually going to be on nutrition and I brought Pete in who um, we've just had some really good conversations on nutrition I really like his approach we come from slightly different backgrounds but we're kind of come together in in our views now um but for me that's come through from a lot of learning so yeah i really wanted to bring pete on so pete say hi hello hi pete so, uh, it's nice to finally get onto a podcast with you now you've moved to a different city yeah. after uh, being in the same building for two years yeah and uh yeah me and pete actually went on a lot a lot of walks like when you're a pt the only other people who are available when you're available are pts so um yeah plenty of walks and runs um yeah a lot also a little warning like pete likes to swear a lot so um if you're not into that might not be for you <laughs> yeah i apologize in advance uh i was in the military for 12 years so kind of formed my speech and yeah i try, I try not to swear as much as i used to but um, i don't think you're too bad i think i think you might sneak in every now and then i try not to that's okay um pete do you want to like introduce yourself a little bit just tell us a bit you just mentioned you're in the military but tell us a bit about yourself what you're doing now all that jazz yeah so so like i say i worked at the place that sam well i still work at the place that sam just left so we worked here for about two years i have been a pt for six and a bit years now i'm a certified nutritionist i am currently training for ultra marathons sam beat to it and did an ultra marathon before me um crazy when you think about that <laughs> yeah how long i've been training for an ultra marathon and i keep getting cancelled and you managed to do one um <laughs> yeah i was a, a weapons engineer in the military bomb disposal expert i fought competed in mma i've played with the league i yeah have worked with a lot of clients now in just over six years and they have a pretty different approach to a lot of people in the fitness industry and i'm i'm almost anti-fitness industry and only follows me about my rants about the fitness industry many times um but yeah that's that's pretty much me yeah <clears throat> yeah this is what so whenever we've been on walks we do love a good rant like that's not the only thing we do we're not anti-everything but um it's always yeah. good to um yeah just question stuff and so going back to where I learned a lot of things it was a lot about like transformations quite extreme transformations and when I initially became a PT I um I really wanted to do that I didn't I didn't quite have that extreme approach I've never wanted to do that with anyone because 
I couldn't do it myself. Like, even though I went through a transformation, I still had takeaways. I still ate chocolate. Um, but I've also seen, and, and you'll agree with this, like we've both seen like what these transformations can do to people. Um, they might get results, but it's what they're left with. Like we've both had clients who have come to us who have gone through something like that. And it just, you end up picking up the pieces. You have so much more work to do with these people because their relationship with food isn't that great. And um, their mindset towards training can be a little bit damaged as, as well. And, and they feel that in order to be able to achieve those results, they have to dedicate their whole life. Um, and for me, since doing more of what you do, like the endurance stuff, performance-based training like all the challenges I did last year I think we really bonded over the last year when I was doing those things because you've also done that stuff and I was then learning this whole new world of endurance training like nutrition when it comes to performance um and that changed my mindset for me so yeah the um the transformations became like the ideal of fitness and the image of fitness of what everyone saw and it was a bit frustrating in the world I came from where it was more about what you could actually do rather than your appearance. And then the more, obviously, as social media took off, it's very easy to advertise using transformation. So transformations became the be-all and end-all. And they show a great picture. And for some people, they're brilliant. And I'm not totally anti-transformation. A lot of people do really well of them. But there are a lot of people who are just starving people, basically, creating these transformations. And they're not taking their care. And I think as a PT and as a trainer, you should care about your clients. And yeah, it's great getting these results, but it's where people are six months down the line mm. and the relationship they've got with the food then, the fear they've got of carrying body fat, the issues they've got about eating certain foods, the the, the fear of sugar, the, oh, I can't eat carbs at this time, all, you know, the irrational sort of issues with food that have been forced upon them to create a transformation. Yeah. So these are not always the people who had the issues and then have got them by getting these results. And I think that that was the, you know, the pinnacle of their fitness. And a lot of these people, when they're on transformations, when they're at their final picture, they're not actually very fit at all. It's um, like the world of bodybuilding and things like that. You know, it's not a, it's an aesthetic. And if that's your goal, as long as you understand that goal, that's fair enough. But a lot of people who are just coming into fitness, who don't really understand what that goal entails and what it means we're just being taken through these transformations and then left to, to deal with it on their own, not taught about mm. going back to reverse dieting, about gaining body fat, about sustainable lifestyle. It was more about, we've created this picture, off you go, see you later. If you yeah. want to diet again, come back to me. Yeah. So inevitably people would then go away, gain a load of weight and then come back like shit. for another transformation, feel like crap, hate themselves, hate the pictures of themselves, the clothes that they bought, don't fit anymore. Right, we're going back through another transformation, going back through, and that's just not the way to live your life. You've got constantly going up, transforming to lose all the body weight, starving yourself again, then going up, then transforming to lose the body weight. And it could just go over and over and over again. And you were getting clients, and we've spoken about this many times. They were coming in and you'd try and say, Right, well, I want you to, you know, I want you to diet. You've you've gained quite a lot of weight. I want you to lose some weight, but I don't want you to rush it off. I don't want you to, you know, I'm gonna put you on a thousand calories, I want you on. 1600 1700 calories and it'd freak people out and terrify them that they were allowed to eat some food and um 
it's a really worrying situation when you get someone come to you with that. You've got to try and build the trust that they can eat more than just some eggs for breakfast, some avocado, and they can't have carbs. And then you tell people they can actually eat all that stuff and it's perfectly healthy and carrying on with body fat is absolutely normal. It blows people's minds. It's quite it's quite a weird conversation to have to people to try and convince them that they're allowed to eat. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the difficult thing with that as well is that takes so long to get back as well. So, yeah. yes, you might have got a really quick transformation and technically, like in your eyes, look the way you wanted to look. But that is literally all you've been left with. And actually, you're probably in a worse position um, on a whole when it comes to health and fitness than you were when you started out um and to get that back like you said it takes so much longer and it also takes having a really good PT who is who knows how to slowly build that relationship back both with yourself with food whatever it might be um but that's where like and I want to move on to like we've got we've got quite a few questions that I asked you guys um, that we're going to run through on a bit of a Q&A. So that's going to be quite fun. Um, but I want to move on to that's where the performance side of things actually can be a game changer for a lot of people, because as you know, especially when it comes to things like weight loss, um, you've got to be in a deficit to make that happen. But when you're training for performance and you're loving what you do and you have goals to strive for, and when I say performance, that sounds really elitist. I don't mean you have to go out and do an ultramarathon and I don't mean you have to go out and do three peaks or whatever it is that crazy people like us do. Um, it could be that you just want to be able to enjoy a 5K park run or um, or just running around your block at the minute, which is pretty much all we can do. Um but being able to chase towards like getting stronger and, and looking at all that stuff, the more you move and enjoy moving, it then makes it so much easier for you to achieve your physique based goals because you're actually having a good time doing it and you're achieving something that's actually taking your mind off the fact that you're trying to lose weight. Cause if that's all you're ever focusing on, you're going to be miserable. Um, and that's what we've kind of been trying to, well, I say persuade people, like we obviously do that within our jobs, but those are the kind of conversations we've been having, like, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, it gives you a little bit, we've both thought, it, does, it makes you a bit sad when you see people who are constantly ruled by a fear of food mm -hmm. and a fear of treating themselves or they can't treat themselves, it's just eating to us. Yeah. Um, and just not understanding that it's not, less body fat isn't always better mm. it isn't always the goal for everyone like people have got this idea that everyone should be ripped all the time but that's just not real life like people don't do that the top athletes if you look at most athletes they don't walk around absolutely carved out of stone it's not what your body is supposed to do you're not supposed to you're supposed to carry some body fat not you know not huge amounts you're supposed to be healthy amounts. you're not supposed to have some body fat um to perform your best and feel your best. And when you move into the performance side of things, you realise that you can afford to carry a little bit of body fat. Mm. It's not the end of the world. 
And at the end of the day, if you start looking at performance and you try and get your body to do certain things, you'll look like a person who can do those things exactly. because your body will adapt. That's the that's the whole idea. If you just change some, you know, change your actual habits, your training habits, and what you're trying to do, your body will adapt to that. People change. Yeah. Um, without obsessing about looking like they do something without actually doing it. Yeah. But also, I, but also, when you are. Um, we're not saying that we don't care about what you put in your body. Obviously, like, it's just you can actually do both. Um, you can care about what you put, put in your body and you can also enjoy the things that you eat. But what, what will also happen when you train for performance is you will care about what you put in your body because you want to perform better. Like, you'll yeah. start to then be like, you know what, I could, and I've done this, like, I was more motivated and I'm not saying in any way that McDonald's is bad, but I was more motivated to not eat a McDonald's over like something a bit more that has more nutritional value because I knew that I would perform better because of it. So yeah, definitely. Which is a much healthier approach than FYI. Like I would also have several McDonald's myself and Pete would order burgers to the gym on many occasions. <laughs> Um, but there are obviously times when you actually think and if you have that approach um towards food where you actually can un understand like what certain foods do for your body and what um and and yeah using them as like a tool rather than and also just enjoying food it's just you're just in a much better place in the long run as well and um yeah, that's what I've loved to be like talking more and more about. Yeah, it's one of the things you, you do notice. Like, say, if you're doing a long run or something that day, you're not going to fill up on loads of fatty foods first thing in the morning and like, have, you know, a bowl of porridge and things like that. Because you feel better doing it and you know you're going to feel better when you're, so your eating habits will adapt with the exercise as well. Mm. But equally, you're not trying to have a fear so you, you eat what's right for you at the time you know you've not got a fear of any food i'll eat yeah post run i think the first thing i do most long run days is have a bottle of full fat coke which in the fitness industry is absolute sacrilege mm. to have liquid calories but there's no great harm it's a few hundred calories and my body's depleted of carbs it's yeah. there's no <laughs> no great harm in it when people get away from this radical sort of fear of everything you can do that. And yes, on the days when I'm not doing long runs, I'm not smashing down two litre bottles of Coke. But on the, there's no reason why I can't have a bottle of Coke every now and then and a burger or some donuts and things like that and live a perfectly normal life, carry a normal amount of body fat around and perform at a reasonable level. And I think that's the, the angle I try and get a lot of people to go down. I've stopped seeing their fitness being purely a picture. Yeah. And it's purely like your appearance and the fact that you can you know, you can see eight of your six pack because it doesn't really matter. Um, it's how you feel that really matters. And if you're really ripped and really depressed and not enjoying food, and then you're going to have these issues afterwards, I'm not saying everyone does who gets really ripped, but a lot of people do. Um, is it worth it? Is that the goal you really want to go down? Or do you want to just feel better and move better and be able to run up a hill and things like that? If you've, you know, if you've got kids, I've got a young kid, I would hate to not be able to run around the field with him. Mm. Um, and he's, you know, he's six now, so he's active as anything. And if I couldn't do that, that'd be massive. But for people, that's... Oh. 
in my phone just ran around. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, but it's, it's the general day to day stuff, and it's understanding what your fitness actually is, and being able to, you know, go for a hike, spend some time outside, do normal exercise, eat some food, and not feel bad about things, and not feel that associated guilt of fear of, you know, someone bringing some biscuits into work. Yeah, yeah. And that's like going back to what I was saying about performance-based, like performance-based doesn't have to be super elite. Performance yeah. is like can just be like how you perform day to day. So yeah, being able to walk up a, a flight of stairs and feeling good about it. For some people, that's like, that's incredible. That's an amazing feeling. And yeah, like you said, people with a family, like if you are struggling to keep up with your kids, that's not a good feeling, surely. And I think, yeah, that that's definitely underestimated. I do, I do think it's getting better, the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. But also, that's because you also kind of surround yourself with the bubble that you want to surround yeah. yourself with. So there's still a lot of that going on. Um, but we could probably talk about that for quite some time. I want to get a little bit specific with some of the questions um, yeah that everyone has sent in so thanks so much for that there's some really good ones um i've picked the ones that i think will be relevant to the current topics that we're talking about um first one i guess pete um would be a good one to start with and probably gonna go on for a little bit with this one so someone said i need help i've lost a stone and a half by eating high protein low carb and now i've hit a wall that's it (laughs) it leaves a lot of questions in response yeah Um, i do talk a little bit about first that when we get these questions there's going to be a lot of information we don't have um but we are obviously going to speak generally and it is a very open-ended question so this answer might not be a short answer but i think a good one to talk about so i'll let you go yeah i think it's like anything um you'll notice with people who have worked a lot with clients the answer will be it depends um and it depends on a lot i'm going to speculate a little bit about things to try and give some sort of structure to the answer <clears throat> but what happens when people i'll go talk a little bit high protein low carb which is a, a, it's fine it's a fine diet there's no issue with that at all as long as you're creating that calorie deficit which we spoke about a million times before and you've done that by reducing calories so you've chosen to drop carbs totally fine by you if that's a lifestyle thing you can sustain and you enjoy doing that's no problem what happens when you drop carbs first if you've been eating a reasonably carb-rich diet, then you drop carbs, your body will lose weight quickly. Now I'm talking about weight, not body fat. Your body will drop out the weight because glycogen um, from carbohydrates is stored in your muscle and attaches to water. So once we start to drain that out of the body, you'll see a big drop on the scales. So that's really good for, we're definitely talking weight loss, not fat loss. So you'll see that quite dramatic loss quite early. And then people will stick to it. And then the weight loss will obviously slow down because we've lost that initial water weight and now we're talking about body fat. So if you've lost a stone and a half, I presume you've been doing this for a little while um, and you've kept in that calorie deficit. And what generally happens is you get down to a point, if you hit a plateau, what's generally happened is your calories have come down anymore 
you're no longer in an FC. Um, now you've got the obvious question of are we going to take your calories lower? Are you going to take your exercise up? What is the long-term goal? There's a lot of questions, but it always works in a calorie deficit. So if we plateau for a while, it depends on how long you plateau for as well. So really good point right there. If you're taking measurements, if you're taking pictures, and presuming by a plateau means your measurements have stopped, you're no changing your pictures anymore, then we would have to change something. If you're purely going off scales alone, I would recommend taking measurements because obviously sometimes we will be changing our physiques as well. But yeah, there's a lot of open-ended questions, but you've created a calorie deficit with the high protein. High protein is good. It will retain our muscle. It will keep us quite full. Um, low carb has created your deficit probably. You've come down and now you're probably at a point where you might have to change things around a little bit. Um, and that's where you'd work with a coach and you decide, do you want to take your, carb, your calories lower? Are we reducing fats? How low are your carbs? What's actually going on? Um, do we need to bring your protein down a little bit? What is the actual levels we're at? And then, or do we need to just get you to do a little bit more activity? Are you still training during lockdown? Things like that can, mm. can add to it. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions, but there are things I'd consider at that point. Yeah. Um, definitely measurements, definitely pictures, um, and also how long has it been a plateau for? Yeah, I think this is this is definitely something that we should delve into because there's a like you said there's a few things in there that you could stop and assess now based on like Pete said based on the fact that you've lost a stone and a half on a low carb diet we really need to point out guys that that person has lost weight by being in a deficit they've not lost weight because they've dropped carbs so I just wanted to clarify that again like the only way to lose weight is to be in a deficit. It does not matter. And I'm saying this about the actual weight loss itself and the actual method of weight loss does not matter about what you're eating. You could eat all carbs. You'd struggle. You'd feel like shit. You know, there'd be a lot of things that matter for your health aside of what you're putting in your body. But she's been in a deficit. You've also got the way I see it when you hit a plateau as well. And really important, like you said, Pete, when you hit a weight loss plateau, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not seeing results. So the first point is to look at other things like, are you still progressing with training? So some people we talk about food a lot and we talk about daily activity a lot. But actually, you still got to train hard, guys. Like that kind of gets... I think because that used to be the message all of the time, train hard, train hard, train hard. It then was like, oh yeah, you need to train hard, but you also need to do these things. I think it's kind of flipped it on its head these days, hasn't it? Like it's very interesting. So obviously you've got to make sure that your training is um, still progressing. Uh, If you've been doing the same thing for a while and, especially like you said quite hard because we're doing home workouts might be a little bit harder to step things up um but you've got also got a you've you've almost got to um like reassess it's almost like if we had this person in now we would do a whole consultation where we look at what you're doing um daily activity training food um and you almost have to reassess like 
where you are at now rather than thinking about the person that you were when you had an extra stone and a half you're now a stone and a half lighter what can you do to be in a deficit to keep making that progress but also if you actually need to there's so many points here isn't there this is why these questions can go on yeah they're all friendly the smaller people need less fuel Mm. which is I think people forget so when you are dieting obviously you are changing all the time and a stone and a half is really good weight loss um so you might just have to adjust your calories a little bit and that's the simple simplest form yeah. but yeah the and the, the key is when we speak about weight loss we generally we speak about we mean fat loss um remember that you're trying to lose fat not weight so if you are looking at not looking at your measurements and things like that you're purely relying on weight, which can be water weight and things like that. But if you're losing measurements and in inches, we're looking more at body fat. Mm. So there's a few things to take into account, but always remember the differentiation between body weight and body fat. Um, like I said, the water weight will have contributed at the start, but that's not body fat. So we're looking at the body fat changes now, which come down. So when we hit that point where we level out, are we still losing body fat? And our way to do that would be obviously measurements if you're using calipers um body fat measurements if you're using the um the machines that will tell you the body fat pretty inaccurate but can be can be all right um is the fat still going would be the big question really for me yeah yeah and like you said also very important to remember that this is only only because a lot of people do this they panic the minute that it starts dropping or sometimes weight might go up a bit because we fluctuate and they freak out and think fucking hell they'll drop their calories really low then they can't stick to it then they just it all just blows up really really important to note that one you're not just looking at weight loss because not everyone is a weight loss client like I say this a lot like have you if you look at yourself have you actually got weight to lose like this is what I say a lot like think about a weight as a dumbbell like have you actually got physical weight off your body to lose like a lot of people don't there's some people who do have quite a bit of weight to lose and then that would be a useful measurement initially but like you said when you get to that point where which is a lot of people that are basically trying to tone up which is I'm using yeah. my fingers here, tone up, which is reducing body fat and either maintaining or building muscle. That's how you look toned. Then, like Peter said, looking at all the other things, not just weight loss, because weight loss is probably not going to change that much at that point. Um, looking at even just how you feel, like, it, you know, obviously taking pictures is one. Another one is like, how are your clothes fitting? Like, you can tell, like, even on certain days, like, and you'll know this, you'll wake up one day and feel a bit leaner than you did the day before because for whatever reason, you might have done more activity. You might not have had foods that inflame you, you know. So looking at all those things, and like Pete said, if you're not, if you've plateaued for time and not, you're not just freaking out because like one day or two days you've not made progress all of a sudden, 
then start to look at changing these things. But what a lot of people actually, some people don't actually need to change anything and they've just got to stay consistent with what you're already doing. So yeah, it's a it's, it's not a tough one, but just so, so important to try and understand things before you start freaking out and thinking I'm not making progress, blah, blah. Yeah, there's no call for anything dramatic there. It's just a case of yeah. taking it, everything but into stock, see where we're at, see what we need to change to achieve the goal of whatever your goal is. Um, but obviously without knowing the specifics, it's quite difficult to give solid advice. Yeah. But the idea would be, yeah, just nothing dramatic. Stay where you're at, really assess what you're doing um, and maybe tweak a few things, but no, uh, no great changes. And yeah. well done on losing a stone and a half. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that you've done that already just so shows that the consistency and the dedication is there. So just try and keep it up. Uh, on a side note, if anyone does have any questions ever, like, and I'm sure Pete will be more than one yeah. as well, always reach out. Like, I say this so much, but I do genuinely mean it. Drop me a DM, drop Pete a DM, um, and we'll always come back to you. We might not be able to just give you all of the answers because that is our job and people actually pay us to do that, but um, we can probably help. And sometimes one answer can just give you, can be a game changer for some people. So um, hopefully that's helped a little bit. Again, if anyone's got any uh, messages on that, drop as a note, but I'll move on to another question. Um, we can answer this one pretty quickly, I'd say. Uh, what is creatine and why do so many people love it? Uh, creatine is a supplement that is probably the most researched performance enhancing supplement, legal performance enhancing supplement on the market. Um, it works, helps your strength performance, power performance, um, and that's why people love it because it's proven to work. It's very, very cheap, very easy to to take. Yeah, if you're doing any sort of strength and performance work, creatine's a good one. It does hold water in the body, so don't panic if you your weight loss stops or if you're gaining a couple of pounds for a few days. You're just holding onto a little bit of water. But yeah, creatine's just proven to help with strength, really help with strength and power. And it has been massively researched for years. So there are plenty of supplements on the market, but creatine is one that science basically has given the nod to. Yeah, the um, I was saying this before, but like protein and creatine are probably the only ones I'd, I'd ever recommend. Obviously, you've got all kinds of supplements like magnesium, daily bits, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, people rave about it so much because it is one of, if not the only one, I'd say, that is really backed up by science. Um, yeah, it's a lot of research one. Yeah, so that's why people rave about it. So I think we'll move on. Um, on on that note, actually, if like Peter said, if you if you're training regularly and you care about your performance, then yeah, I'd take creatine. If you're not taking it, it's not the end of the world. At the same time, like <laughs> yeah, it's not something you're going to add twenty kilos onto your deadlift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just um, hope it's a rep of a set. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Um, ready meals that are calorie counted slash easy to plug in, but less nutritious or full on cleaner food. 
not yeah. quite on the question, but it's a topic that we love to rant about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a big rant about some ready meals we got the other week that was just said macro friendly on the front and it doesn't make any sense. Well, how can something be macro friendly? Um, but yeah, ready meals are all right. It's part of, you've just got to balance the, you know, the ease of getting them with whether that's what you want or not. If you want to prepare your own meals at home and you've got the time to do that, you want to spend and you know everything that goes into it, fine. If you want a nice, quick, easy meal that's, you know, they're not poison. There's nothing in there going to kill you. Mm. The calories are trapped. It's easy to scan if you're using something like my fitness pal. Um, and it just takes a little bit of the, the stress off. Everyone calls it meal prep. But if you're just buying it from the shop, it's just tub, isn't it? pack lunches in it, just taking pack lunches. Oh, yeah. um, that's all it is. That's all meal prep is. I don't, it's just taking a pack lunch, just giving it. Um, yeah. An adult, but yeah, lunch, I like that. It just takes a bit of stress off it. So you can see what's in it. Um, yeah, and these days, info. yeah and these days I think like the point that they've made about it being like full-on cleaner food not quite sure what that means but I kind of assume yeah these days you get really good meals with yeah. the meal prep so like we used to sit there and eat the ones from Sainsbury's um what were they called yeah, prep? No problem. prep kitchen ones were good Really nice, like naked burrito ones, or was it jerk chicken and sweet potato? Like really tasty. I had that several times actually, and yeah, it's you know what calories you're getting in there. Like it's telling you, kind of roughly, plenty of flipping protein in those ones, which was always like. Sometimes you get, for example, when you buy like. My problem actually isn't necessarily with the meal prep stuff. It's with like when you go to buy let's say a salad from Tesco that's like a chicken salad there's hardly anything in it and that's my issue it's like and not just the chicken like we're talking protein here but you hardly get any chicken in there and even the salads are, are pretty sparse do you know what I mean and and yeah. it it's healthy but sometimes you don't just need healthy sometimes you actually need a good solid meal that's going to fill you up yeah, and I think the question kind of comes down to this whole idea again of having the perfect diet versus having a sustainable diet that will just mm. do a job. Because if you're stressing it yourself to always be perfect and to always cook plain chicken, white rice and broccoli, you're going to get bored of it pretty quick. It's going to take time out of your day. It's not the tastiest thing to have microwave. Whereas you could swap that out if you wanted a bit of soup, you wanted some a ready meal, you wanted anything like that, nice and easy. As long as you understand what you're trying to put in your body. So roughly what sort of figures you're looking at. And I'm not saying you have to track every calorie, but if you are used to reading nutritional information, you can make a pretty educated decision. Even when you come to the meal deals, you can look at, you know, some sandwiches might range seven, 800 calories and some might be 350. Yeah. If you're used to just looking at the back of a packet, read the nutritional and understanding what's actually in the food, then you'll be fine. There's no mm. reason to stress about, everyone says about clean food and then everyone mocks the, the term clean food, but like, I know what people mean by it. It's people just- understand it. So, yeah. yeah, we understand it. We know, we know what you mean. It's just like, if you've, got, if you've got the perfect time to have perfect meal prep and you're going to cook all your own meals from scratch, brilliant. It's a great habit to be into. You'll spend the time, you'll understand everything that's in it. If you haven't, and you need to replace something with a ready meal, feel free. 
I don't feel bad for doing it. These poison in these things. Like someone saying about, you know, processed foods are so bad. All foods processed, like everything's full of chemicals because that's what makes everything up. Everything is full of chemicals. So they are tested, they are safe. Not going to suddenly kill you. I I had the diet ages ago. Have you had like ready meals for lunch every day? Because I just Mm -hmm. found it easier. Yeah. I just picked up a ready meal, no problem. Uh, And I lost a weight and felt fine. And it just gives you a little bit of a change. But yeah, don't worry about ready meals. They're fine. Yeah, I just, the most important thing there is you've just got to do what works for you. If you really, Pete touched on it, but if you're really struggling to make your meals all the time and it's just going to result in you either not eating at all, because that, especially when people are in lockdown, I find that some for some people, the thought of cooking even though we're at home, like it can actually feel a little bit harder sometimes because you just can't be bothered. Um, yeah, you got to do the wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you're, if if it means that you're not going to eat at all, especially that, then we can get a meal that's prepared. Like, does not matter. Um, and yeah, you just got to do what works for you. Like my motivation, like I actually, I'm not the best cook. I've actually gotten a little better um since moving down here because I've been forced to start cooking um but I know that when I go back to work and I'm on my feet quite a bit and you know the likelihood is I'm probably going to have either a meal prep service of some kind or I'm going to be buying stuff like as and when sometimes I don't like to do that all the time because it can be expensive um and saving money is a motivation for me at times um but yeah like just I think there's so much focus on oh do this do that don't do that even when you're listening to this podcast like take some bits of information that might work for you give it a go it might not work for you like it's so important not to feel like you have to do one thing because one person says something um and yeah I'm gonna ramble a little bit on that one so yeah eat a a prep meal if that's easy for you cook your meal if you enjoy doing it and you're whatever you're going to be more consistent with just do that yeah just don't have any fear of any food really well that was um i was going to say this before actually because we went to the martin mcdonald uh seminar seminar (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) presentation i guess it was a presentation (laughs) Um, and actually that was probably I've been to a few where I've been given a lot of information but that was the best one for me and it's because he just made it so simple and the thing that I took from it and something I say to my clients all of the time is that you must give yourself unconditional permission to eat that is the number one rule you can eat whatever you want you have to know that first and foremost if you then choose to prioritize, and this is what's really important, is this is if you choose to prioritize your, let's say, weight loss goal or physique-based goal, and you decide that maybe you're not going to eat as many cakes, for example, or order as, ma- as many takeaways, because you're choosing to. It's not because you can't. That is so important to remember. It's not because you can't have certain things you you can't have that language with food um but yeah that was one of the most that's what I say all the time like 
give yourself con unconditional permission to eat anything and then you can work on the rest um, yeah it's a, it's a massive point absolutely huge that people get rid of that fear of food um <laughs> and when we say unconditional permission to eat we're not saying you have to eat everything yeah you can eat if you want to eat you can eat and that's why education about nutrition is important as well because if you yeah. understand what you're eating you know you can eat it you can make an educated decision whether you should eat it or not and that's why obviously i say i'm against the fitness industry but i'm against the nutrition industry and the fitness industry the food industry all these people who market things up to try and create some sort of scandal and big drama about things of you know this is bad for you this is good for you this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do they're all wrong because yeah. you can just be somewhere in the middle you can just you have permission as long as you understand what's going on and you don't listen to these people on this morning and things like that if you <laughs> actually get what's going on with nutrition and what happens when you put food in your body you can make those educated decisions stress-free yeah and it's very rare that you'll feel once you really know about food and really understand your own behaviors and habits you'll make more educated decisions as with everything in life the more you know the better decisions you can make yeah I um I lost my train of thought actually but I, I want to move on to the next question because this will kind of come off the back of that um and it's something that I know a lot of people are struggling with because they're at home so much um and it's about picking food so um the question is I can't seem to help myself I'm generally not hungry I just fancy stuff um and that that is something that I know I've had to help a lot of my clients with, especially right now, because we're, we are at home. And like you said before, like we're right near the kitchen at all times. Like we can just get up and pick up food. Um, but I think this is probably kind of simple, but in my eyes, like, and what I've seen that is very common is that you tend to pick at stuff. So the question is, I can't seem to help myself. I'm generally not hungry. I just fancy stuff you're probably not hungry because you're picking at food. So if you're picking throughout the day, you're never really gonna get in a solid meal, but you are consuming calories. So if you like, if you think like over time, you're just picking at bits of food throughout the day, you have eaten, which is why you're not that hungry. But the problem with that is by the end of the day, volume of food and calories are two different things you might have picked at stuff and it felt like you've had like these little bits throughout the day but actually and this is where like binging tendencies can come from because you've not actually consumed that much food and then you get to the end of the day and blah blah, blah. but yeah I'd like to know your thoughts on that Pete yeah um it is very common especially in a moment like you say with you, you're living next to your kitchen, aren't you? Whereas at work, you might only take your pack lunch. You've got more options now. So some of the tips I would use for people and that I've been given before, uh, the mindful approach. So like the scale of one to 10, are you actually hungry? Ask yourself that question on a scale of one to 10, are you actually hungry when you go to eat something? So if you're walking to the kitchen all the time, if you've got that in your head of like, am I, am I actually hungry? Like, why am I eating? What? What is it achieving for me now? Am I just bored? If you're just bored, make a cup of tea and go and sit back down again. Like, that's something I do. I get bored and so make a drink rather than eat, mm -hmm. rather than do a snack. Also, like Sam says about setting a meal time, you know, give, give your body 
structure like you always always have. So if you're always eating, getting up, having your breakfast, and then you know you're going to eat next at lunch, it's only a few hours between it. There's no real need to eat in between. You're not that hungry. And it's just being honest with yourself a little bit. Um, take away temptation as well. So if you find that you keep buying stuff to pick on, stop buying it. That's one of the, the biggest things that I try and get people to do. If you're buying things like snack size chocolate bars, you know, biscuits and things like that, you wouldn't normally have in the house, but you're buying them because you're off and you've been in a supermarket, so you're going to buy them because you've started picking. Cut it off at source. If it's not in the house, you're not going to go to the shop for it. Yeah. And I'm not saying starve yourself. I'm saying eat a meal and then you don't. You probably don't need a biscuit at 10 o'clock. It's just that habit. It's just, it is really, a lot of it is, being honest with yourself about whether you're actually hungry, what you're going to eat for. And you, you've probably seen the meme of the, the fridge of like an open door. It's just like, you're not hungry. You're just bored. Go and sit down. Yeah. And someone's stuck it on the inside of the fridge. And it really annoys me because you use the wrong yaw. But um, mm. it's that simple, really. And it's just asking yourself that question. You're not to put a bit of paper in your fridge, but it is asking yourself that question. Why, why am I eating at this point? Am I hungry? If you're hungry have something substantial to eat. If you're not hungry, don't. Yeah. And it comes yeah, down to that, really. It doesn't need to be that complicated. Really just giving yourself structure. And like Pete said, having that structure not only gives you that accountability, but, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I, I don't really struggle with snacking because, one, I know that I also have, like, when it comes to things like chocolate and that kind of stuff, I have mine after my tea at the end of the day and I look forward to that. So I don't need it throughout the day and I definitely don't need it because I'm hungry. If I'm hungry, then I want to fuel my body with food that's actually going to help with that. As you all know, if you're pretty hungry, you could probably get through a lot of chocolate or biscuits. Like if you're hungry, actually hungry you'll keep eating chocolate or biscuits <laughs> until there's no more and oh. you'll still be hungry. So you've got to, yeah, quest, just answer a pretty honest question and just be like, yeah, am I, do I actually need this right now? But yeah, having some structure and also having, and I want to ask, I wanted to bring this up actually. Pete has done in the past, like to prove a point of the, you can have a healthy diet whilst eating cake um you did your cake a day diet and I wanted <laughs> yeah I did it just for a bit of a laugh to show because there was loads of um, talk of sugar addiction sugar's the reason that you're gaining weight and stuff and it's actually it's popped up on social media yesterday I think mm. and a few of the big, the big guns have gone after it Lane Norton and them so they're much better than me <laughs> they've gone after it a little bit but it's people saying that the sugar was the reason you were gaining weight so I just decided that I was going to eat a cake every day but keep myself in a calorie deficit to show that it doesn't matter. And I'd go around to whatever coffee shop. So I wasn't tracking calories. I'd just buy a cake from a coffee shop, eat it, and then just control the rest of my diet. Yeah. So I wasn't starving myself. And obviously I'm, I'm like a fairly big guy, so I can get away with probably more calories than a lot of people. But yeah, it just proved that there's no like issue with sugar and things like that. And there was no yeah. issue with having a cake or having a treat as long as you take care of the other stuff so I guess that comes down to the, the permission to eat and stuff like that. so I don't ever feel guilty about eating a cake because it's just a cake <laughs> I'm not eating 10 cakes I'm not 
eating it because I'm I'm eating it because I like a bit of cake. I'd have it with coffee, and it was a nice part of my day. And then I knew that I was coming every day, so I could be a little bit stricter on my diet elsewhere. Yeah, yeah that I, was I, was having a, I was having a really nice treat every single day, so yeah. I was quite happy to have a slightly lower calorie breakfast, which is pretty much all I did. And uh, yeah, I think I lost just over a stone <laughs> in just over a month. Just goes to show, and this is actually what um, I wanted to say earlier and, and kind of lost my thoughts a bit, but I was having this conversation about how there's a lot of good accounts to a certain extent on social media that are trying to help people understand that you don't need to feel guilty about food and you can eat whatever you want. You don't need to not eat donuts or not eat crisps or whatever it is you enjoy eating that you're starting to feel bad about because of the industry or whatever it might have been that's made you feel bad. The problem I have with these accounts is that they're not then given the education or the context to actually help you do that because it's all good saying oh god of course you can eat donuts and of course you can eat this that and the other. Yeah great but these people are also following for nutritional advice because the likelihood is they do want to be healthier which is why they're thinking about oh I can't eat donuts or whatever because I need to be healthier yeah but then it's about understanding how you can still include those foods within your diet and achieve your goals and that is my issue is that they're just it's like it, they, it's like they can't do both social media accounts do really well if they're an extreme right so if you're the person who's telling everyone fuck yeah you can eat donuts and fuck yeah you can eat this and that and burgers and this that and the other that's going to do really well because everyone loves to hear that and so do I like I'm not gonna lie about that same with like these accounts that have like people who are fucking shredded posting super healthy recipes this that and the other but the people who are just giving out solid general advice that is probably quite useful it's probably quite boring as well because it's they're going to be the same stuff over and over and over again. That's the information you want to be listened to. The people that are in the middle that have this balance, people like us, I'd like to think. Yeah. Um, and that that's my like problem with all this stuff at the minute. And that, like like you said, you did a cake a day diet. And you could do that because you understood how to do that. You understand, understand understand foods. You understand that, like having that cake, and then but then eating, making sure that the most of what you're eating around that is nutritional. Like it's going to give you yeah. what your body needs. Like you can do that because you have the knowledge. Um, so I think my question to you actually Pete off that from me is what can people do and where can people go if they're just not sure on food and what to do and all this stuff like what would your advice be to those people because it is difficult it's not something you're going to learn overnight yeah the big big thing would be to stop looking for a secret yeah I think that's the biggest thing for people with food it's just stop looking that there's some sort of magic that you're missing that oh it's because i'm you know i'm not fasting or it's because i'm not 
you know, I'm not keto or I'm not taking this supplement first thing in the morning. I'm not doing that. It's not at all. So if you just look into your own habits, the first thing you should do whenever you're looking at nutrition is look at what you do at the moment. So look in your cupboards, track your own food for a little bit. And that doesn't have to be my fitness pal. It doesn't have to be a perfect calorie count. Just write down, take pictures, do something of your own nutrition and just be honest about the food you're putting in your body. What you'll notice if you're at a point where you're like, I'm gaining weight or I want to lose weight, you'll notice your own habits. So you'll notice oh, every morning I wake up and I have uh, a coffee with two sugars, but while I'm doing it, I'll snack on something as well before I make my breakfast. Mm. And if you're really honest about what you're doing, you'll start to realize that. And it's just these little habits where you tie in and you go, well, I'm eating. The, the thing we were saying before about the, the hunger scales of one to 10, I keep eating when I'm not hungry. These little things all add up. There's no, there is no secret to nutrition. There's some really good um, nutrition books. Obviously, there's some great social media accounts, Lane Norton and Brian McDonald and people like that who put out a lot of information. Um, but you don't need to be looking for some sort of answer. You just need to be looking at a habit that you're you're doing. And you'll generally, if you if you start to look at yourself, because that's the first thing I would do with a client is look at what they're already doing before I prescribe. Yeah what they should be doing i would look at what they are doing so you should do that for yourself be honest with what you're eating be honest with what your activity levels actually are be honest with your habits i, I used to be a nightmare going to petrol stations and getting a shop and that's not coincidence they want you to do that that's why they put the chocolate bars where you've got a cube like they, they, they do that for a reason mm. so i thought when i used to do that i just do pay the pump and knock it on the head <laughs> so I just thought, well, I've just cut the middleman out there. I've got no temptation then at all. Because yeah. you can always convince yourself that, oh, well, it's a few hundred calories. It doesn't really matter. Or, but, or um, oh, it's only a pound. <laughs> That's what I yeah. do. Yeah, I've, I've got one of them. Um, two, because they're, they're the same price. Yeah. Right? I, bought, I bought a box of mini Battenbergs the other day because they were a pound. And now there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I genuinely just bought them because they were a pound. It wasn't that I necessarily needed them or wanted them. They're still in there. I've, I've still got some left. They've been there for about two weeks, which goes to show that I just definitely didn't need it at the time. I just, or want it. I just, so... That's the big thing. So you've done, you've done the... I bought it, but you can spread it out. Some people can't do that. And yeah. I saw a really great post the other day when it was like, some people need to know that they can eat a donut every day and it's okay. Some people need to know that they can't eat a donut every day. Yeah. Some, some people just can. And it's not to do with the body weight, it's a behavioural thing. Yeah. And once you start looking at your own behaviours, you learn more about nutrition than if you start tracking everything and worrying yeah. about macronutrients and micronutrients and what your body's doing further you know one hour after you consume a hundred grams of carbohydrate none of that really matters if you start to look at your habits and where you're feeling good where you're feeling crap where you're snacking loads where you're not having structures so you might not oh i've missed a meal in the morning then at night time i'm having a full share bag of doritos yeah and dip and, and you're like well maybe if i'd have just had a few more calories earlier and just that honest reflection and yeah. speaking to someone there's a lot of us out here to try and help. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the the thing about um, 
donuts <laughs> like i don't know why we keep picking donuts now but donuts are fine by the way just fyi you can eat they're them. always the go-to i'll use biscuits let's use biscuits as an example i do get a lot of people say to me as well i can't just have one or i can't not eat the whole pack or whatever and it's like there's an element of like yes you can do things like not buy them um but also like take some control you can just have one yeah. and I think that's so important and not many people say this to those people actually don't and, and it's not a bad thing it's not me saying fucking get a grip you can it's actually you being like no I can do this like you do have that control and it's almost like a, a an empowerment type thing like you can control what you do and don't eat like yes it is harder for some over than others yeah, will be down to habits and behaviors that have been built for a long time so obviously that's going to take practice the same with anything else but you can just have the one or even if it's going from having five biscuits to two and then like slowly over time bringing that down you know um really really important to remember that also any of this stuff, anything you read, any bit of advice that you take in, I think this is, there's the first thing that you you said about looking at what you're already doing and change, like creating habits based on that, be honest with yourself. Also try not to feel like you have to do it all at once. That's yeah. probably another really big piece of advice that people need to take in. Like spend a bit more time on this journey that you want to go on try not to do it straight away all at once because if you try and completely overhaul your life it's that all or nothing approach like it's it's not going to be feasible for you um you're not going to be able to keep it up it's going to feel very overwhelming and especially with like what we've got on with life right now already it's it'll just be too much and especially when we do go back to normal working life like you imagine trying to completely it's like the whole thing of like oh I'm gonna meal prep every single meal I'm gonna have everything ready I'm gonna lay out what I'm gonna eat for the whole week like you're not though <laughs> like yeah and then you get the you miss one you consider it as a failure exactly. and then you feel really bad about it whereas if you just go with this balanced approach of going well I'm just gonna try and have less sugar in my coffee yeah or i'm going to swap lattes for black coffee yeah just do that for a bit and just see how that feels and then it becomes a habit you just end up drinking black coffee and then you look at something else that you can that pete is a big black coffee fan like literally drinks buckets of it i'm a big oat milk flat white type of person like but he does make yeah. a good point like you, <laughs> you like milk but no, I, like like <laughs> I funnily enough i was watching a program yesterday superstore on netflix and one of the episodes um this guy was given black coffee and he was like pretending to like it and i did i did think of you um but yeah, that's that's a huge one. Like that all or nothing approach that so many people have, and something I've like I've been talking with clients quite a bit recently is what you said. Like if you try and aim for that perfect scenario of like, and even if you do, like you might actually manage to do it for like four or five days and feel really good about it. But then the minute something doesn't go quite to this plan that you've made up, 
you just think you've ruined it, you feel like a failure, you beat yourself up. Rather than do that, like if you are going to have that approach, bear in mind that is not going to be realistic constantly. And if you can be okay with that, then yeah, go for it. Like just pick yourself back up again. Don't see it as a failure, just see it as actual normal yeah. life. Um, and uh, Emma, Emma Story and Amelia, they say this a lot, and I'm not going to take credit for this, but they say, um, like, you're not chasing perfection. You're, you're looking for consistent imperfection. So it's about, like, perfection is the minority, not the majority. So... Yeah, it's the consistency versus intensity, isn't it? If you, if you just keep doing something that's a little bit better all the time, you'll eventually it'll just become what you do and it'll just constantly get better and better. If you're intensely doing something for a short period of time and you don't learn anything from it, go back to your old days, you'll soon be back to your side. Yeah. It's much better to go small changes, major changes. Because at the end of the day, like if you're looking to diet rapidly or you're looking to diet over a long time, you both the goal is to still by the end of the long time to still be at that leaner weight. So mm. if you've got there in 12 weeks, your idea is to stay there. If you've got there in 36 weeks, your idea is to stay there. Yeah. No one can bounce back up. So you've got the time. Yeah, I know some people want to do it quicker, get the weight off quicker for holidays or for things like that for events, get off quicker. But if you're just making these small changes and then in three, four, five months' time, you're starting to see real differences, that's surely better than doing four weeks really hard, not learning anything and then really struggling and then going back to where you were. And, and yeah, the mental... the the mental impact that has on you as well is not worth it for like if it is affecting you and it is making you feel like like all these ups and downs of like going really extreme and then not being able to keep it up and then feeling really bad about it and then doing it again like you're beating yourself up every time and it's it's really really like because we are the people that pick up the pieces like it is not worth it I promise you like it's going to take so much longer to eventually be in a healthy place both physically and mentally like to get that in a good place is just it's going to be a lot harder so yeah oh big bit of advice there is like just pick one thing that you're going to do be consistent with that and again I'm saying be consistent I'm not saying do it all of the time it's you're going to have times when you don't and then pick a new habit that you're going to add on and do the same, like be consistent with that. Once you've got those two habits nailed and you're doing them and they feel like part of your life, pick another one, increase your step count, get consistent with that. Pick a new one, eat more vegetables, you know. And this is pretty much what we do with our clients because rather than that extreme 12-week transformation, which let's say we were to imagine trying to do all of that, in a fucking very short space of time and be consistent from it with it from day one like this is what a lot of people don't think about in the long run I don't think yeah the pressure becomes a lot and then you, all you're looking for is it being over so you get to the, the end of the 12 weeks and you're desperate for it to be over so you can go back to the way you were living because you're not enjoying it <laughs> yeah that's what, what generally happens because you've not and you've we not made that. real long-lasting changes you've not changed any habits you've just followed them yeah and you've learned a little bit you've learned how to get really lean but you've not learned how to stay there you've not learned how to 
you know what your day-to-day would normally look like if you want to stay yeah. pretty lean well, that, um, and, and it's all part of it that gets missed out yeah and a lot of people and this is also very relevant for now as well because what a lot of people might be doing even now is like some people have really taken advantage of lockdown and have you know moved more gotten outside exercise because it's literally the only thing we can do might have been able to cook um more things less likely to go out well obviously not can't go out for meals can still order takeaways but you know some people have taken advantage of that but then the the flip side is that they're then worried about normal life because we'll be able to go out for meals and we'll be able to you know we'll be a bit busier than normal and I think if you can actually learn how to be okay and, and know how to live life and be healthy and that's what you kind will really struggle to do if you're just trying to do the extreme version yeah um but yeah we'll we'll move on I want to just answer maybe one or two quick questions let's see if we can get through um a couple one of them was like how to um help like sugar addiction and desert desert craving desert desert craving desert craving kind of craving sugar desert right now won't lie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think a few people with some sand um <laughs> dubai <laughs> sugar, sugar isn't addictive um you just really like it so the people who say it isn't like well it sets off the same triggers in your brain as heroin and cocaine and all this but it also sets off the exact same triggers as stroking puppies and things like that they're just pleasure centers that's all it is it doesn't mean it's addictive um and they, they did massive studies on this and, and they proved it isn't addictive. So you like sugar. That's one of the things. You like it. Of course, it tastes nice, sweet, it makes cakes and chocolate. and You like it. Um, the plan is to not banish yourself and ban yourself from having some sugar, which is what normal happens. You're like, oh, well, I've got to go off sugar. And I've seen a few people giving sugar up for lemon and stuff like that. And they really crave sugar because they're depriving themselves of sugar. Um but there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of sugar in your day. So just plan to have some. Yeah. So plan to have a dessert. Like have a little dessert. Like I said, I had a cake every single day. Um, if you plan a little 200 calorie dessert, you'd be fine. I mean, there'd be no problem. There's no reason to. People have cravings for things when they ban themselves from it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, the, all... that's the big issue. Yeah. You always want what you can't have, right? So the minute you yeah. tell yourself, I'm not having this, you'll see it everywhere. And so mentally, it's going to be a thing. Physically, your body is is all of a sudden being deprived of something that it had on a regular basis. Um, and the simple answer is, and it really is that simple, is to include it every single day. You know then that, one, you can look forward to it. Two, it's more sustainable. Um, but also, you're not going to drive yourself mad thinking that you can't. Like, And sometimes, knowing that you can have it, sometimes you might not actually go for it. Yeah. You've got a choice. Um, and also, there's, there's a side thing of that, and some, something I've come across with a lot of my clients is, again, making sure that you have a bit of structure into your diet where you're actually eating substantial meals throughout the day as well because a lot of people struggle with cravings and and not addiction with cravings and sugar because they're not eating enough and as you know like when you're hungry and I get when I mean really hungry 
you just want that instant fix and we all know that sugar will do that the same way like when you get really hungry and all of a sudden you just want to order a takeaway because you just want whatever you can yeah and you're just having that structure and that little bit of planning yeah into your food and that that's it yeah like when you're hungry if you're low on energy yeah sugar is a quick energy source so you might think oh well i'm, I'm craving sugar no you're craving energy yeah you're, you're low on energy that's what you want so if you've had a little bit more food in the day you might have yeah it's crazy how um a lot of the mindset towards that is like oh if i, I i'm gonna eat less so i'm gonna diet so i'm gonna eat less um but then now, like, I'm just really wanting, yeah, like like you said, energy. And actually, if you give yourself your body, and that's why people say, oh, actually, I've been able to eat more food, but lose weight. It's like, well, you kind of not eating more food, you're eating more volume. Um, yeah, more volume. You're not, then, you're not then binging on fucking six, seven hundred calories worth of chocolate and bread or whatever it is you you end up finding yourself going for so yeah two really good points on that one just have it but have it on a more consistent basis and a more like a healthy approach so choosing like two to three hundred calories there's so many options these days as well like you can go for things like the halo top like puddings that kind of stuff where you know how many calories are in the ice cream tubs if that's what you're into like so many options but also like I would go and buy those like at the minute they've got those cute little Kit Kat or um, Cadbury's like Easter bunnies that are they're quite small so they're not like the biggest thing in the world I'm not saying you have to go for this yeah. but I just really like them um, you've got the one you know how many calories is in it and again you can look forward to that treat rather than depriving yourself um, and yeah the other point is just making sure you're actually eating enough food as well so you're not craving energy like you said uh, so i think we'll yeah that's a i think we answered that well let's do one more um and i think this would be good for you actually pete because obviously so i've obviously been taking these challenges on but pete runs a lot like what are you training for at the minute uh sort of 50k up snowden so and around snowdonia i've got another Sorry. I don't know. It's in April, so they've not announced anything yet, so I'm still training for it. And I've got 100k in the lakes in June. Nice. Okay, so for that, there's a couple of these, like we could probably quickly finish these two off. First question is, should food be different for weights focused to endurance foods? Uh, The other one is best fuel for a half marathon. So we can cover that both of I think. I'll let you go um fuel for weights and running cardio whatever you want to do is similar your body works in a similar way so it depends how much fuel you need um what your overall goal would be if you're looking to lose weight don't overfuel your workouts if you're doing short quick workouts you don't need to worry too much about fueling um when you're looking at endurance you need to obviously worry a little bit more about fueling um most people don't need to fuel a workout. Most people, if they just ate the normal calories throughout the day, just ate normal meals, could then just train. Um, endurance, or if you're doing a half marathon, you don't need to worry too much. Um, half marathon is around two hours for most people, a little bit more maybe, a little bit less for some. Um, 
normal breakfast, some porridge, some toast, something like that, some carbohydrates, nothing that's going to make you have an upset stomach. Then you want to be, with endurance, generally you want to be taking on about 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrate every hour. So if you're going to be running for two hours at the one hour mark, just smashing some some carbs so you'll have your, your breakfast already in your system, your muscles store fuel, then put some more carbs in after about an hour. And then if you're going to be for longer, do the same again after another hour and another hour and another hour and just keep going forever. But um, yeah, fueling for workouts comes basic from your diet, your overall diet mostly. Yeah. So it's not from, oh, I, I'm in a calorie deficit all week. I'm not eating anything. I've had no carbs. Then I'm going to have one carb gel after an hour of a run. It's not going to do the job. You need to be making sure your muscles are fuller, especially with endurance. And if you want endurance for performance, if you want to get through a half marathon, you can probably do it on very few carbs. Yeah. If you are fat adapted or something like that, you could do it on no carbs. But if you want to perform in it, and you'll see most of the professional runners will take on carbohydrates during a race. So get some carbs in you before, a bit of fruit, banana, a um, bit of porridge maybe, and then halfway through, carb gels in the easiest way. I have a bit of candlemint cake sometimes. You were just talking about some Cliff um, energy tablets. Yeah, really nice. But that'll work. Don't overthink it. Don't worry until you're going much further. I'd say you really need to start worrying about fueling workouts past the two-hour point. When you go up to three, four, five hours, that's hell. You need to yeah. uh, you need to really fuel there, but that's that's the problem. You've heard the term bonking and people going really like running out of carbs and stuff like that, and that's what bonking is. Um, if you're doing a half marathon for fun, yeah, just a decent breakfast, plenty of carbs, and then a little bit of fuel on the way. Yeah, plenty of water. Stay it hydrated. Can- yeah, it can be so simple. Like the the really easy way to think of it that you mentioned is if you think like for every hour of exercise, you're looking at 40 to 60 grams of carbs. So like Peter said, if you just look at it that way and when it comes to specifically what to eat, like obviously along the way, you don't want to be in like, let's say a protein-based snack where it's going to, it's not going to give you that initial like source yeah. of, like obviously don't do that looking at like actual energy glucose but it can be like a flapjack you know if that's what you like eating or some people like um soaring loaves you know that kind of stuff it doesn't have to be like gels and stuff that's obviously a really good way of doing it but I think like you said people sometimes overthink it um and again like yes if you're then training for performance and you're wanting to step things up then the type of energy source um, and the quality of energy that you put into your body is going to make a difference but if you're just getting through it then yeah definitely no need to overthink um, and really good point like I always try and you said that really well and I wouldn't have said that as well but being consistent with your diet overall like and having a healthy balanced diet which includes carbs <laughs> and energy and good substantial meals consistently throughout the week that's what you need to be able to train. That's all I do. That's all we do. Like, you know, I train six days a week. And I think what's important is to, um, what was I going to say then? It's not just about training for that 
training session it's also about recovering for the next one so if you think about it like that like you just always want to just be consistently eating good foods and that's it isn't it like for weight yeah. and yeah so i did 32k run yesterday got in had some cash first got in some and stuff and then i had some fish and rice for my tea a bowl of cereal this morning bowl of weebix and i'm going to run another like 19 20k today so well i'll just have some storing and stuff it's just because my body's i've got the glycogen in my stores it's not i don't need to overthink it yeah so that's what you want really i've still got the rising from last night i've got normal breakfast this morning i've not done anything particularly fancy i've not timed anything when we finish this i'll smash some storing in and uh be running yeah same, same goes for me like actually last night i had burgers Ordered a burger and uh, fries from a, a new place. It was really good, just FYI. Um, had that last night. I've had my smoothie with oats in this morning. I forgot to put oats in yesterday and found myself very hungry. So that just says it all. You end up picking on stuff. and Yeah, but oats were in today. I'm about to get on a, a tempo bike ride, which is going to last about 92 minutes. So pace is going to be stepped up a bit. So intensity-wise, I'm definitely going to have something just before um yeah. not sure what that's going to be yet maybe a bagel nice maybe a energy bar of some kind don't know we'll see but yeah like it just as long as you're consistent day to day yeah don't... so that this really highlights that there's no magic science behind it there's no secret yeah. food no we're just like i'll eat something just and everyone we're off some um get the fuel in and then use the fuel yeah definitely really important thing and probably one that we'll end on as well um yeah it doesn't need to be complicated but i think it doesn't need to be complicated because we have that education so yeah don't stress yourself out because you feel like it's not easy straight away like i think that's what's so important because obviously we can say yeah. that because you know we we are making these very easy decisions based on experience based on education and that hasn't happened overnight you know I'm still learning so much I've still got plenty to learn don't think I'll ever stop learning um obviously it's our job to do that um so try not to be so harsh on yourself <laughs> and just yeah. take it day by day you're going to be eating for the rest of your life. So <laughs> don't stress about getting it right straight away. Yeah. You've got time. Um, and just look at those habits and change things that need changing and yeah. then build new habits that won't need changing. You'll be fine. Perfect. I think that's a good one to end on, Pete. Little soundbite. Little soundbite. Yeah. Professional. Yes. Um, Pete, where can we find you? Um, probably just best on Instagram, Pete underscore Crawshaw. Um, I have got a website, but no one goes to it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't think half of my pages are working right now. Something I should work on. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Thanks so much uh, for joining Thank me. You, Pete. Obviously, really nice to see you as well. Um, and yeah, you can find Pete on Instagram. Guys, again, if you have any questions, please drop us a message. Either myself or Pete will be more than happy to answer. Um, if you enjoyed it please do share the podcast uh, that'd be great because the more people who get to hear stuff like this the better in my opinion um, 
And yeah, if it helped you in any way, we would be great to hear. So thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and I shall speak to you very soon.